My name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda. And welcome to the Pemberley Podcast. Welcome back to another fabulous episode of the Pemberley Podcast. We, this has been an exciting week. You went to an exciting premiere for Poe Party. For Poe Party, yes. This is me reporting after the fact. It was a lot of fun. It was at the Vista Theater, which is in Los Feliz in California. And it was a lot of fun. I went with my a friend of mine who isn't really familiar with the universe, the literary web series sphere. Did but he enjoy himself? He did enjoy it. He was kind of tired because the premiere, <laughs> it was supposed to start at midnight, but it ended up starting at like 1230 because okay. the Doctor Strange premiere got out sort of late. It's the Vista Benedict. Theater. <laughs> Benedict. Uh, the Vista Theater is a really cute, nice theater, but it's only got one theater. Uh. So they're at the mercy of their schedule in a big way. But he is not so much a fan of literary web series, but he is a fan of parks and recreation. So he was very excited to see, gosh, Jim O'Hare. Ah, okay. I'm I so like, relieved that I- the connection? I I'm forgot. I'm so relieved I remembered his name because I was just yes. about to be like Jerry, Gary, Larry, yeah, Barry. That's, a, that's also his name. What they- Exactly. Or uh, Constable Jim. Yes. Oh, and Jim O'Hare. They, like, kept uh, his name. Anyway, yeah. he, he's so cool. Anyway, I went to that premiere, and it was a lot of fun. There was a line around the corner when I got there, and after I found parking, it was great. I saw people. I saw Ashley and Ashley Clements in her same dress from the Emmy Awards. Ooh. Uh, I, I'm going to keep my eye on Mary-Kate Wiles' channel on YouTube because she and Sean, yeah, Sean, were standing outside recording something on her phone and I saw myself in the background and I did this little shimmy dance and she smiled and turned around and looked at me. <laughs> I made eye contact with Mary Kate Wiles, guys. Ah! Hopefully she does not cut that out of her blog. <laughs> that would be awful. Or like you see my, you know how in Monsters, Inc., oh. the commercial like Mike Wazowski, he gets covered every time he's on the cover of a magazine. Yeah. It's, I'm going to be like that. I think if she saw you, though, when she was recording, like, uh -huh. you must have shown up. So Yeah. So hopefully it'll be for like half a second. So. Did you actually get to talk to any of them? You know, a couple of things. One, I was kind of- spread the Pemberley I didn't. word. <laughs> You know, it's I really, okay. I kind of went there with that. And I was like, maybe I can introduce myself and like, maybe I can get the, I could draw their attention to the show, to our humble little podcast. Yes. But a couple of things. One, I was with a friend who didn't really know what was happening. So I was kind of just hanging out with him while we were at the event. And I was also, I'm going to sound like an 80 year old, but I was also trying to stay awake. <laughs> Because it, like I said, it did start kind of late and I'd had a long week. So no, I didn't really, I kind of, they were more standing around trying to, because they were also running the event themselves. Oh. Like, I think the girl who played Emily Dickinson took my ticket. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were all sort of in their own world. And if, actually when the premiere started, there was no sound. So <gasps> someone, it might've been Mary Kate. It might've been someone else though, because it was dark. Ran. I just heard stomp, 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 running back to fix the projector. And it, it worked. They got it to work. But they were doing their own thing. And by the time it finished around like 2.30 or so, I was just like, I was not my charming self. 
And I, I thought it best that they not meet me in my tired, sort of probably smudged makeup from rubbing my eyes kind of state. But I had a good time. Well, props to you and every other fan who made it out to that midnight premiere for mm-hmm. Poe Party. Very dedicated fans indeed. With the best of intentions, I wanted to go. But... <laughs> the, no, I know. You had a long week too. The, the midnightness. uh was difficult, but I fully support Poe Party and all their endeavors. Yes, I got some pictures. I got some love from them on Twitter. So I feel like it was worth it. I was vicariously living the event, though, through your tweets and all the pictures for everyone else who was there from seeing Laura Spencer, who was there, Ashley Clements and Brendan Bradley, who was there. Wait, Brendan Bradley was there? Yes, he was there. So I know technically he was in Frankenstein MD, but I'm going to tell you, my favorite thing that he's in that I haven't even seen is Non-Transferable, <laughs> which is the rom-com that he wrote and directed with Ashley Clements that was supposed to come out like Valentine's Day of this year. And I feel like it still hasn't come out. No. Yeah, they had pictures there of him. He was wearing a bow tie. Oh, but that movie, I you know. I love, he's also the Staples guy. <laughs> campaign for Jeez. Non-Transferable because I know, I think they're working on distribution. So I, look, I know they didn't premiere it because it was for a much better reason. Yeah. But I'm impatient and now I'm frustrated because like I was there and I didn't even <laughs> see him. I was just, what was I even there for? <laughs> you were there to support Poe Party. I know, but I also wanted to see everyone, even if. I didn't talk to anyone. I still like knowing who's there. I didn't right. even see Laura Spencer. But I think it's cool that all these Pemberley people, alumni, all come together to support one another. I think that's really nice. And it's a very unique experience for all of them to have been part of a Pemberley show. And it's awesome that we just get to go on and talk about one of these shows. I agree. You're right. I didn't see Brendan Bradley. But you know what? It's certainly not the last premiere I'll go to. I like to think that I'll eventually run into everyone. Dream big, guys, but like, start small. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of the beloved cast of Lizzie Bennet Diaries, let's dive into episode 13. And this episode was written by Bernie Sue, and we are getting the live vlog of the dinner with Bing and Caroline. That is, that was one intense dinner. And Darcy. I don't Dar- think Darcy? Darcy... No, no, no. I don't think Darcy was there. I think he met the Met he, Carters after. He joined them afterward. Okay. It was just the owners of the house who got gotcha. invited. If Darcy had been at this dinner, we would have known about it. So, actually, one thing. From the previous two episodes... Well, actually, even going back to the wedding, this is now... With the wedding and the dinner party at Bing's house, this is now the second time where... Lizzie has promised us to follow up and tell us everything about Darcy and bashing him, and we don't hear about it. She choked. <laughs> it's like either Charlotte is editing this all out, or Lizzie is just dropping the ball and she's not ranting about Darcy as we all want her to be. Well, the plot has to be furthered somehow. <laughs> it does, but this is now the second time that I feel like the writers have let us on and thinking, oh, next episode's gonna be... Lizzie bashing Darcy, and then it's not. (gasps) Who wrote this? Bernie? Shame on you, Bernie. Shame on Bernie (laughs) Sue. Just kidding. I think Mrs. Bennett reminds me of my mom when companies, although not to the same degree because Mrs. Bennett's trying to marry Jane off. Yeah. But my mom's always like, I need your help. Can you? I feel bad because she's going to listen to this. (laughs) I hope I'm not in the car when she listens to this, but... (laughs) She's freaking out, as moms do, about making a good impression. 
I don't know if she was technically a little racist by asking if she needs soy sauce with the salmon. I think that's why Lizzie <laughs> rushes downstairs or she's about to rush downstairs. She's like, oh no, mom, no. Don't ask anything else about Chinese food. <laughs> this is also a very heavy Lydia episode. We see a lot more of Lydia and she is actively trying to be part of Lizzie's vlogs, almost making them her own, almost as if she should have her own show. Hmm. Maybe that'll come in the future. <laughs> Maybe, since she likes being the star so much with her, her winking and her preening. Yes. No, but I really love the return of Lydia because I feel like she's been sitting all of this out. We have anecdotally heard about her life. And now she's front and center. She is being the classic annoying little sister. And she's kind of dressed up. Do you feel like... Yeah. That's kind of one thing I wanted to comment on. The costumes is, they were just very nice with like the hair and the, I don't know. It takes a lot, maybe it's just me. It takes a lot for you to get me to put on hair, makeup, and nice clothes for you. Like I can't remember the last time I had all three in my own house. Like going somewhere I get, but they're in Cal- people in California are casual, I, you know? I think that Mrs. Bennett. Who knows if she's Californian, but even then, she really was wanting to make a good impression. And so I'm sure she urged her daughters to dress as nice as possible and actually put effort into their appearance yeah, or something. So I think she was the one who was the driving force behind them getting so dressed up. I feel like Lydia, though, is the kind of person who, if she has an excuse to dress up, she will take full advantage of that <laughs> yep, occasion. I can see that. So I think she's someone who would dress up anyways. Lizzie probably took a little bit more convincing, and Jane, we, though we didn't see her in this episode. Jane just wakes up and she's a butterfly. I think, you know? like, <laughs> she wanted to, you know, look nice for a bang, so I'm sure she also yeah. dressed up. I don't even see Jane as someone who owns sweatpants, you know? She'll just chill, be no. in her room in, like, ballet flats and a skirt, like, oh, hi, it's so good to see you. But I think that this episode does a lot in sort of setting up Mayday danger, something's wrong is happening socially because eventually in Pride and Prejudice, when Darcy asks Elizabeth to marry him, he's like, I'm doing this even though your family is a bunch of wackos. And I feel like this episode is the Bennett wacko demonstration. Is it though, if he wasn't there? I mean, I guess you could say if he's getting this whole account from Caroline, how accurate could that be too? Well, I feel like he gets kind of an account because he meets them at Carter's afterwards. They're like, right. this is horrible. We need to get this guy hammered so he doesn't remember a thing. <laughs> Go to the local bar. Fine. Lydia, you can tag along even though you're underaged. And that's kind of where they meet Darcy. Uh, and I think this is a great way to segue into episode 14. Who wrote episode 14? Rachel Kylie. Cool. It's a great way to segue into that because... The, the two episodes sort of bleed together. Yes. Like episode 13 is where we have dinner and Lizzie announces it's gone horribly wrong they're- and they're going to go to Carter's to take the edge off. And episode 14 is the... The next morning. Yeah. The next morning, Lydia looks... They both look a mess, but yes. as Lydia, did, I mean, like her makeup was smudged. I was like, yeah. bravo. That That is how you look a mess in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> the start of it is... Lizzie fulfilling their bet, but directly right after that, the beginning is Lydia is passed out on Lizzie's bed or on her floor somewhere. And somehow Lizzie has already waken up and she looks fresh and fine. She doesn't (laughs) look a mess versus Lydia who has yet to wake up. So she's still got that smudged makeup all over. This is actually a pretty action packed episode because it started with 
a random opener that was very out of character for Lizzie. And then we had a great line, a line that I think should actually be part of the LBD, well-known, and incestuous orgy of awkward and face palming. <laughs> I don't know why that's not on a t-shirt. We've got lots of like, decent enough. And, oh, hi, it's so good to see you. But incestuous orgy of awkward and face palming is something we all, it's a phrase we just need to reintroduce into the English language. <laughs> Lizzie goes into the fact that the previous night was technically Bing and Jane's fifth date, mm-hmm. but these five dates so far have happened in group settings. So they haven't actually been on a solo date together. And that doesn't completely make sense to me. I mean, I can get two people getting to know each other in a group context. But at this point, I feel like if he's not getting that Jane likes him or that they like each other, then Bing is just missing all of the signals. Well, and can you really call group hangouts dates that's can you call like someone else's wedding and a family dinner and group hangout at the bar like those aren't days that's just like seeing someone around that's not so i can see where mixed signals are starting to come into well and we don't even know they're mixed signals because we know for sure that jane likes bing and because bing is making all this effort to spend time with jane jane plus others that's where the signals are kind of getting messed up and people should just ask other people out and that's how signals don't cross from lizzie's point of view things are getting so serious to the point where she thinks a snap decision could be made and jane could get married that week or something you know they could just go off and elope that's how serious she thinks that things are getting between them Hmm. but again they have yet to go out on one date Maybe they just text. Maybe it's like in middle school and they're texting a lot and they're like, you want to meet? I'm going to be here with my sister. That's true because we don't hear about what their communication is like. I don't recall if there was anything with transmedia with between Bing and Jane tweeting each other, but we can always... fuzzy. (laughs) Yeah, we can always verify that next week, but... Even then, there would be private communication between them, and we don't know what that looks like. Yeah, it's uh, just sort of between them. I mean, Jane does a pretty good job of keeping her business private. Yes. Uh, She's kind of a private person. So, I mean, it's possible she just feels more comfortable texting or Facebook messaging or whatever this guy. Yeah. And... I I just feel like they're in middle school, you know? Like, oh, let's text, but my mom will only let me go to the mall by myself if I go with friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what that reminds me of. So, chaperones left and right. We find out that at the bar, things are getting to a point where maybe it's starting to die down. So they start playing games and they get into just dance. And Lizzie thinks she's super... Super slamming. Yeah, she thinks she's (laughs) the best at it. And she's probably just mediocre. But we get the awesome costume theater of Lizzie as Bing and drunk Lydia as Darcy. (laughs) And that was my favorite because Lydia is just so out of it. And it's just like this sad Darcy. So She's got like the haphazard bow tie hat. But I just love the sunglasses because she just keeps her face the same. And all she's just, I hate you. Yeah. I hate you. And I'm just like, that's... Hilarious. I should have been there for Halloween. <laughs> I know. I, I thought of that. I really? Was like, no, no. I mean, after watching the episode, oh. I was like, dang it. That would have been a perfect costume. No one would have gotten it. I know. And Literally, like, everyone would have been like, oh, nice. Random. <laughs> random oh, assortment. 
The, I, the sunglasses made it. Just yeah. The, I hate you. I associate I red bow ties also with glee, so maybe that's why. I get it. Yes. I get that. <laughs> Things are heating up, and I feel like bringing Darcy into this, this is where Darcy is witnessing the Bennett sisters in their natural habitat. You know, they're yeah. at their local watering hole, and even though Lydia's underage, she's hooking up with someone in the corner yeah. using a weird whack-a-mole reference. I was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I think that was definitely uh, an innuendo or something. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Sexually. <laughs> yes. Um, so she's off doing that. Lizzie is, I'm assuming, drunkenly trying to play dance, dance, or the yeah. dance. Was it Dance Dance Revolution? It was Just Dance. Just Dance, probably with herself. Even though Lizzie, Lydia was like, Darcy would have played with you. Around this time, 2012, I think that's when Just Dance was at its peak. She was also very confident about her Just Dance abilities. And I think with these kinds of games, there's people who are just like, I am good at this. So Lizzie is that kind of person to the point where she goes off and battles Lydia right then and there. I mean, they're also, of the three Bennett sisters, they're the two competitive ones. Yeah. Jane would just be everyone's cheerleader, but we know Lizzie's competitive. And Lydia is just not really someone to back down from anything. And is that, because you're, you're reading the book, and is that, I don't think that's Lydia in the book. Does she really challenge Lizzie in that way? Honestly, no. It's just, well, it's not the same. I mean, mm, right. Lizzie Bennett Dyer is all about Lizzie, and so she talks about her immediate family, whereas, the you know, in Pride and Prejudice, it's kind of about a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So there's not really that same edge. I mean, Lydia's not... If anything, she'd be competitive with Kitty, who doesn't really exist right. in this adaptation, because <laughs> that's true. She's like her ride or die equal <laughs> BF. Yeah, she's yeah. like her ride or die homie. You know, I mean, mostly they're a team, right? But I mean, if ever there were a competition with anyone, it would be Kitty. These two episodes were really nicely coupled together, and I think, fortunately, the way that we've been talking about the episodes, how we've broken it out to talk about two episodes per week. These really highlighted the relationship between Lizzie and Lydia and how they are with each other because we do see that Lydia is the annoying little sister. Lizzie kind of just tosses Lydia aside mm-hmm. sometimes, but she still cares for her. She let her sleep in her bed or on the floor somewhere nearby her. Yeah, it seems like she, even though she said sleep in my bed, she like picked her up off yes, the floor. Yes, she, she probably started on the bed and then fell on the floor sometime during the night. Yeah. But, uh I mean, she let her little sister join along at Carter's. She probably had a cover for her from her parents. That's true. What is a young 20-year-old girl doing at a bar? There's alcohol there. How dare she? (laughs) So even though we only get snippets of the overall plot that's moving forward, we are building out the relationships between the sisters and seeing these characters and more of their personalities. Jumping into comments now. Yay, comments! First comment for episode 13 is by Perry, Perry Weirdo. Perry Weirdo. Peary? I'm thinking of Zane's ex-fiance. Anyways, <laughs> Perry Weirdo who said, so early, woo! Gold. And then we've got Jamie Katz who says, oh Lydia, I just hope her behavior doesn't cause her to do something crazy. Oh! <gasps> I chose that one because of foreshadowing. Because she's going to do yeah, something Yeah, I know. Crazy. I, know. <laughs> I, I remember that being a point where, because we know in the original, the crazy thing she does is go off in a lope 
and that's so scandalous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we had no idea how that would adapt to the modern day adaptation because there's there was a chance, I guess, you could say that she could have eloped, but there was opportunity for something bigger, and we will discuss that when it comes. Well, sure. I mean, and we can eloping is not. It's not scandalous anymore. It, it's right. kind of stupid, we think. Yeah, I think it would have been more of Lizzie dismissing her sister's decisions. Probably Mrs. Bennett upset that she couldn't plan a wedding. But it, yeah, you're right. It wouldn't have been as scandalized or such a, a, a huge family event. I, this will be really fascinating to revisit once we get to that point. But at the time, it wasn't even like Lydia knew that she was eloping with Wickham. She just took off with him which right. is su- the second you go into a room with a man and close the door that was just like the end of your reputation so i mean a big part was of modernizing this was just right figuring out what's scandalous nowadays yeah emma smith said can this plot line move forward please in all caps in all caps <laughs> yeah i mean we've we've talked about this and we've touched on this how these episodes cover very little of the plot. We're really more building out the characters. And mm-hmm. there's main points that we all know about Pride and Prejudice and that story. And we're slowly inching toward those main points. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, I actually feel like, especially 14 was kind of juicy. It's not like there was the special dinner in the book. But it's kind of the event where... The Bennets are seen in their natural habitat as being very wild and out of control. Right. Nancy Malcolm says, I never liked Lydia in the book, but I don't know. She's so bubbly and happy in your adaptation. I actually don't mind her character. I think we can thank Mary-Kate Wiles for that. Yeah, I think she made Lydia likable. <laughs> yeah. Or she made her endearing. Yeah, like... I mean, I'm, I'm kind of rude. Like, she is an annoying little sister. I don't yeah. know what it's like to have an annoying little sister, but she's not any more selfish than she should be or self-centered or something. The first comment of episode 14 is from Born to Rule 57, not first. Which is funny because Born to Rule 57 was first. Trying to be ironic. We get it. Ha. Ha. Benjamin Tarot Noons said... Every episode I watch, I kind of get more convinced that Lydia is the best character. She brings the most spice into the episodes. Lizzie is still the funniest. Her analogies and explanations always bring a smile to my face. Thank you, girls, for this awesome series, and especially this episode. Woo! That's a very sweet comment. That's a very sweet comment. That's why I chose it. Also, like, one of the ones who kind of directed toward the characters. Yeah, something, I mean, when you and I scroll through all of these comments... It's a very mixed combination of actual people commenting on YouTube, like, I love this series, I love this adaptation, and also a healthy number of people acting like these are not actors, and they're real people, and they're writing to Lydia and Jane and Lizzie. Yuan J. Thomas says, looks like Lizzie needs the Xanax from episode 11 now. (laughs) I, I, I thought that was humorous because... Uh, it just We've was. talked about episode 11. <laughs> yeah. So, was, you know, referring back to, you know, all the Xanax that wound up in Lydia's purse, allegedly. <laughs> and Neves says, Hank, you must do something. People are saying they like Lydia. 
And that shouldn't be possible. Yeah, chose it from the other side of the spectrum. I think it is possible. But now people are up in arms to Hank, who is now a father. <gasps> yes. Orin. Little baby Orin. I guess for the most part, their, their personalities are the same as they are in the book. There's the core part of the characters that are the same, but they've been updated. And they're how we imagine them to be today. And they're more relatable. And they're, they're like people we know. And that's what makes this adaptation so cool. And it's funny to see Lydia being the annoying little sister versus the the not-so-important character of Pride and Prejudice. I mean, yeah, Lydia doesn't really, in the book, she doesn't really come into importance until the very end. Right. When she, you think Wickham went away, and you think she kind of went away, and then BAM! They show up together. Yeah, she's putting herself into the narrative. Dun, dun, dun. This is normally the part where we would read you the results of this week's poll. Unfortunately, I got really caught up in life this week and just straight up forgot to put out the poll. I apologize. If you did do a poll, what would the poll have been? Ooh. Let's see. Well, what do we really talk about this episode? Uh, Is soy sauce racist? <laughs> soy sauce. Well, I like to choose <laughs> answers that are three answers because yeah. then you run the risk of getting like a 50-50 joke. Right. So what three arcade games would Darcy be awkward and best or oh you know what I should have I probably would have asked something that would have used the phrase incestuous orgy of awkward and face palming. I don't I don't know what, what the part question of would that be. sentence are you? Um <laughs> which of the games that took place in the incestuous orgy of awkward and face palming would Darcy be the best at? And then, like, Just Dance or Whack-A-Mole. But, like, actual Whack-A-Mole, not whatever right. innuendo this was. And uh, what's another classic arcade game? I don't know. The Bowling. Pac-Man. Pac-Man. That's a good one. Or, like, The Claw, where you can, like, win I, stuffed animals. Darcy I think he would just spend the night on The Claw. <laughs> spending all <laughs> his money just, like, focused on a... Oh, he could be trying to win a Darcy bear. Oh. I have a picture of myself from VidCon 2013 oh. with Darcy Bear. I should I should tweet that. Yeah. I have longer hair in that picture. And he, the he would is... just be so focused on trying to get the bear. And he'd be like, all right, I'm going to get it next time, next time. I think Bing would definitely try and be getting a bear for Jane. Yeah. Oh, would, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Darcy's not there yet, but he will be. Bing would be the one more dedicated to spending all night to try to trying to get a bear. For his beloved Jane. Yes, and Darcy, I don't know what game he would be playing. I feel like we should wait until we actually meet Darcy. That's true. Which is so far away. She's now that so here we are. We've just finished episode 14, which is great. But think about how far we have to go before we meet Darcy. That was episode 60. Darcy Day, which was just a few weeks ago. It'll be an interesting journey until then because we are just getting the Bennett's perspective of Darcy. So until yeah. we actually meet him, we'll see what he's actually like. All right. Well, remember to follow us on social media at the Pemberley on Twitter. Visit our WordPress page at thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com. Let us know what your thoughts are or any questions at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. And feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. Oh, and don't forget, we've got a Facebook page. Because we are growing our meme girls community. Big thank thank you to Emmy for spreading the meme girls love with some more quality quality memes. Yes. 
uh, from the internet. So definitely keep sending those in. Literally never stop because it's so gratifying to see the fandoms mix. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye.